thanks for checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. Wonderful. Thanks, uh, Paul. Uh, it's absolutely fantastic to be up here in Barrow. Uh, I think... I think there was a day when we thought we'd never ever get up to Barrow again. Uh, I think it's 17 months since we were last here, 20 months since we were last here on a Sunday. Uh, so it's, you know, we, we counted a, a real joy being here. And it's great to see people we know and good to see you not only in the world of Facebook but in the world of reality as well. So. Uh, and this, this last season for us all has, has been a, a mixed season, most likely. Uh, it's had some great things in it, some real hardship in it, and some pain and some sadness in it also for, for I'm sure, all of us. Uh, but the one thing that we know is this, that God always remains the same. Uh, and I think whatever circumstance of life we find ourselves in, whether we're in the midst of a, a challenge and hardship, or whether we're in the, the midst of great blessing, God remains the same. Uh, his character isn't based on our circumstance, and our circumstance doesn't reflect his character. His character is his character. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, I've got a, a message this morning from the uh, book of Isaiah, uh, chapter 55. Uh, so, Johnny sent a message up, said, could you perhaps preach from this passage? So, uh, here we are, and hopefully I can pull a few things out of this passage that will encourage each and every one of us. So, Isaiah 55, it says, Ho! Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why do you spend money for what isn't bread and your wages for what doesn't satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and delight yourself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. Listen that you may live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, according to the faithful mercies shown to David. Behold, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples. Behold, you will call a nation you do not know, and a nation which knows you not will run to you because of the Lord your God, even the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return to the Lord. 
and he will have compassion on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, uh, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth and making it bare and sprout and furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so will my word be which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. For you will go out with joy, and you'll be led forth with peace. And the mountains and the hills will break forth into shouts of joy before you. And all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush, the cypress will come up. And instead of the nettle, the myrtle will come up. And it will be a memorial to the Lord for an everlasting sign which will not be cut off. Praise God. Let's pray. Yeah, Father, I want to thank you this morning for all your goodness, all your grace. I want to thank you, Lord, that you've just shown your kindness and your faithfulness to us day in and day out. And we want to say thank you. And I pray now, Holy Spirit, that you will come and you will just fill me up afresh. I pray, Lord, that you will help me to just minister, Lord, what's on your heart. And I pray for your people today, uh, both here present and also those, Lord, watching from home. I pray, Lord, that you will strengthen, you will encourage, and you will put hope on the inside of us. And I pray, Lord, that we might be stronger and stronger day by day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Few things that I, I want to bring out of this passage. I mean, you, you could almost preach all day long, I think, from this passage. So many rich things to bring out. But the first thing that I want to say is this, that God is looking for thirsty people. He's on the hunt. He's on the lookout for people who are thirsty for him. I, I don't know if you've ever been thirsty. Uh, let, let me tell you a little story. I hope it doesn't offend anyone in here today, but I remember a, a few years ago when we were first actually going into Uganda as a nation. When, when we go to Uganda, it is a dry visit. Uh, you know, there is no alcohol consumed whatsoever. And I, I remember that uh, you, you're in this 20-odd degree heat, very similar today. It, it's sticky, it's hot. You just want to drink something that is refreshing. You see all these adverts around town telling you about Tusk lager, and you start to fixate on the possibility of maybe having a lager that will refresh you. Now, let me say this, that I believe the Bible say, teaches us very clearly that, that drink is perfectly permissible, but drunkenness isn't. Uh, and so I'm not advocating you go out and you get plastered and you get drunk, but if you have the occasional drink to just quench your thirst, 
so be it. And we were desperate for one of those occasional drinks. And I had a young lad with, with me uh, who was on that trip, and the two of us started to talk in code. We, we, we said, when we get to the airport, the first thing that we're going to have is an amber nectar. Uh, and, and this became suddenly on the last two or three days, you know, the th consuming thoughts in our mind. Because when you're thirsty, it is all consuming. And I believe God is looking for people who are thirsty, who are all consumed, whose every thought is on when they can go and meet with God. Psalm 46 says this, As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. So also the psalmist says this, he says, When can I go and meet with God? I, I love the songs that we've been singing this morning, uh, and I'm sure most of us have been singing even under our masks. But, you know, we've be, been singing songs that are focused on the Lord, focused on knowing Him. Yo, know, you are all that I desire. You are all that I want. You are my focus in life. I remember with uh, uh, actually the first person who came working with us in, in Passion for Jesus was a guy called John Seddon. John was a successful businessman. And, and, and what I watched with John is this. He suddenly started getting this insatiable hunger and desire for God. Uh, and what you do when someone is hungry, you start to feed them good things. Uh, and so I just started, read this book, listen to this message, come along with me to this meeting. Yo, let's get together and pray together. Everything we could do to just feed that all-consuming desire for God. It reached such a point with John that he was waking up at three o'clock in the morning to meet with God, to pray, to seek God's face, you, you, you know, the two of us together birthed a, a prayer meeting, a six o'clock in the morning prayer meeting. I always say this, that, you know, it is a miracle if you get Christians to attend a six o'clock prayer meeting, because most people like their beds, let, let's be honest. But we not only had Christians attending, we also had non-Christians would come through the door asking for prayer. That's what happens when people get an all-consuming desire for God. And let me ask you a question this morning. How thirsty are you? How much of a desire have you got for him? Not, not a desire for religion, not a desire just for churchianity, a desire for him, for his presence, to know him, to hear his voice, to have that embrace that we've been singing about. God is looking for people with an all-consuming desire. You see, I have two prayers that I pray on a consistent basis in my life, or almost pray them daily. One of them is this, Lord, will you keep my heart soft? You know, because softness of heart is critical. You, you know, you want to know the difference between being a Jesus lover and follower and being someone who is religious? I would say it is the state of your heart. Most religious people I meet are hard-hearted people. Most Jesus followers have incredibly soft, flexible, pliable hearts. 
And so I pray, Lord, keep my heart soft. Second thing that I pray is this, Lord, keep me hungry. Because I know no matter how deep I may have gone in him, how far I may have gone in him, what I might have experienced, whatever blessings have taken place, they are all yesterday. And today is a new day. And we can't rest on the laurels of what is, no matter how great it might have been. We have to press on into knowing him in a more intimate way. And so I pray on a regular basis, Lord, keep me hungry. Just keep me hungry. Keep me in a place where all that I want is you. And you know his promise is this, that if you're hungry and you're thirsty, that your thirst will be quenched and that your hunger will be filled. You see, he's the one who truly satisfies. He's the one who reaches the parts that no one else can reach. And the wonder of it all is this, and we read it here in Isaiah 55, it costs us nothing. It's all free of charge. You, you see, it's called grace, and his grace has been dispensed in our lives. And when we become recipients of grace, all that we want to do is we want to just surrender who we are to him. When we realize how much he really loves us, it just provokes a response of love from each one of us. The second thing that I want us to see from this passage is this. He, he gives us a promise. He says, I will establish an everlasting covenant with you. I love that. Dead simple, but really, really profound if we get hold of it. You, you see, in, in our United Kingdom culture, I don't think we always fully understand what covenant is like. Uh, we, we have a little bit of understanding with things like wedding services and we talk about the marriage covenant. But, but you know, more traditional societies, and particularly in centuries gone by, people would cut a covenant with each other. And what they would actually do is they would maybe cut into their wrists and they would just put their wrists together and the blood of one would flow into the blood of another. And that's where we get the idea of being blood brothers from. And with it, there came responsibilities and privileges. The responsibilities were this, that I would look out for you all of the time and the, the privilege was this, that whatever was yours would then become mine. Isn't that a wonderful picture of what Jesus Christ did on the cross? When Jesus died on the cross, he cut a covenant with us. You see, Scripture has many, many covenants. It has, in actual fact, four main covenants. Yeah, it has the Abrahamic covenant, it has the Davidic covenant, and then it has the Mosaic covenant, which is where we get the Old Testament law and the Old Testament covenant from. But when Jesus died on the cross, he cut a new covenant. Uh, we remember that when we have communion, we talk about the new covenant of his blood. Uh, and and we're told in Hebrews 8 that this covenant is a better covenant with better promises. How it works is simply this. 
that he makes a commitment to each one of us. Makes a commitment to watch out for us. He makes a commitment to provide for us. He makes a commitment to love us and to care for us. He will never, ever back away from his love commitment to you. You might be here today. You might be watching online and you might be saying, it just doesn't feel as though God loves me at this moment. His presence feels as though it is a million miles away. I want to tell you on the authority of God's word that he has made an everlasting covenant and it is a covenant to love you and to give himself to you. Nothing ever will change that. Nothing ever will rob that. Nothing can take that out of your life. I want to say this today for some of you. I believe you might be feeling insecure in your salvation. You might be feeling as though your salvation could be lost. I want to say this. It isn't your salvation anyway. It is his salvation and he has given it to you. And when he gives it, it is a gift. And when a giver gives a gift, he never takes that gift away. And you can be secure today in the love and the goodness of God towards you. And then there's a promise right in this covenant. And the promise is this. It's a promise actually about nations. It says you will speak to nations you don't know and nations that don't know you will run to you. I... I find it amazing. I, I, I love looking out here and, and it's obvious we have people from different nations and increasingly in this nation of ours in the United Kingdom, we have people of different nationalities and we have churches made up of people from different nationalities and I think that is just an absolute wonder. It is the promise of the new covenant actually being fulfilled before our eyes that God is making a one new man made up of people of every nation. And we've not had to go and look for it. God in his grace has performed it. And I believe God's performed it for you here in Spring Mount. I know for us in PFJ, particularly over this last year, we've had nations we don't know that have come to us. We, we actually now have a number of churches over in the Philippines that are in relationship uh, with uh, Passion for Jesus we, we never ever thought we would end up there. They're now training all their leaders with our leadership, training materials. Yeah, I physically never been able to actually get across there. It is just God at work and God says, I will bring nations to you. And I want to encourage you as a church to believe for more and more nations to come into Barrow and for Spring Mount to have more and more nations and more and more international connections. It's part of the gospel. It's the wonder of the new covenant. The next thing is this. He gives us a promise and he says this, that his word will not return empty, but it will accomplish 
everything that it has been sent to do. I just want to give you simple assurance. When God says it, he will do it. <laughs> and again, it's not, it's not based on us. It's not based on our efforts. You, you, you know, we really do have to get out of effort-produced Christianity and get into grace Christianity, where we realize that he does it for us. And when he speaks it, he will do it. And he is faithful to every single promise he makes. I, I never fail to be amazed that promises that he fulfills, stuff that we have just not worked for, but in his grace he has spoken it, and then he watches over it to perform it. I love the story of Joseph, one of my favorite stories in Scripture. Uh, and Joseph is a great story of ups and downs in life. Uh, I, I mean, he has this wonderful promise from God that you, your family are going to bow before you. And then maybe with a little bit of foolishness, he tells his family that, and they're not too chuffed about this. And so they think we're going to finish uh, Joseph off. They throw him into the pit. Somehow he, he, he get, gets out of the pit, he ends up in Egypt, things start to go smoothly for him, uh, he ends up in Potiphar's house, uh, and then he does the right thing. You, you know, he flees from, from sin, and fleeing from sin, he ends up in, in prison. Uh, I mean, what a, what a story of ups and downs. Uh, and then he interprets someone's dream in the prison, and they say, well, I'll put a good word in for you. And two years later, that good word hasn't been put in for him. And by the miraculous grace and goodness of God, he comes out of the prison. He interprets Pharaoh's dream. He, he, he then is, is made effectively like a commander, a chief over a prime minister, over Egypt. And then his family come to him and his family bow before him. 21 years from God promising to it being fulfilled and there were ups and downs, twists and turns. I want to say this, no matter how many twists and turns there's been in your life, no matter how many ups and downs there have been, if God has promised you it, stand on the promise of God, because in due season he will fulfill his promise to you. His word does not return empty. I want to encourage you today, whilst I was preparing this, I, I felt one or two of you were, were feeling almost uh, in your life's journey, you were just feeling, I, I, I feel as though I've hit a brick road, I've reached the end of the road. I believe the Lord was just saying to me that you haven't reached the end of the road. It's not the end of the story. There is still more road before you and there is still more story to be written over your life because God will fulfill his promises. We, just before the whole lockdown COVID thing happened, uh, 
we were starting to work on a prophetic word we'd been given. We were, uh, had, had a prophecy that in a two-year period, we would reach 36 new nations. Uh, and so when I first heard that, I wasn't particularly excited about it because I knew the hard work that had gone into the first 36 nations that we'd reached. So the thought of 36 more nations was like 36 more doses of hard work, of sacrifice, of tears, of heartache, of all of that kind of stuff, of, uh, of, of standing in faith. And, and I thought, it, you know, I'm, I'm not too excited, but... You have to go away. Scripture says you have to weigh prophecy. And so we weighed that prophecy. We started to pray together about it as a team. And we believed it was what God was saying. Uh, and so we set our stall out. And we started to make a plan, uh, a strategy to how we were going to do it. We, we got eight nations in in about a seven-month period. And then lockdown happened. Uh, and of course all of us thought that COVID it was just going to be two or three months maybe of inconvenience and then we get back on with our lives and after two or three months we began to realize this is going to go on and on and on uh, and, and I started you know asking questions Lord what what on earth? You, you said that to us. You said we would reach into 36 new nations. How are we going to do this? And then in the middle of last year, I, I went through a really quiet period in terms of preaching. I was doing lots of pastoral work online, but preaching hardly anything because most churches rightfully were, were seen to stuff themselves. But in the middle of last year, started to get the invitations more and more, will you come and do something online for us? We started reaching out online. Over the last year, we've reached 31 new nations. You know, every week we're into the Middle East, every week into countries like Saudi Arabia, into uh, places like Bahrain, uh, Qatar, United Arab Emirates, all these kind of places. Because when God speaks a word, he is faithful to his promise. And he is far cleverer than what we are. We, just, uh, we were so clever that all we could think of was spending thousands of miles to travel to places and, and work even harder. And, and God, in one sense, just said to us, you can do it all from your living room. And I never fail to be amazed sometimes when I'm online, the people that we can reach from where we are. I'm sure even as a church here at Spring Mount, you've been reaching people that you, you just wouldn't have reached normally, but for the season that we found ourselves in. Final thing is this. Promises you will go out with joy and you'll be led forth with peace. I, I just want to declare that over your life today. You will be led out with joy. You will go out with joy and you'll be led forth with peace. Joy and peace are your inheritance. They're what we receive for being in Christ. 
You know, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking, but it's of righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. And today you've been made righteous by the blood of Jesus. You've been filled with a joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. And you've been given a peace that passes human understanding. You know, there's nothing logical to his joy, and there's nothing logical to his peace. It is what we receive by grace in Christ Jesus. And so today, I hope you will get thirsty for the Lord. I hope you'll go away and you'll start praying, Lord, just pour an insatiable thirst and hunger on the inside of me so that all I want is you in life. You become my all-consuming passion. I, I hope that you'll stand secure in the fact that he has made an everlasting covenant and he doesn't walk out of his covenants. He stays faithful to them. I hope also that you'll stand secure in the fact that what he has spoken over your life as an individual, over you together as a corporate church, he will be faithful in those words. And I hope that you live in the fullness of his joy and his peace in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask the musicians to come up, and as they come up, just going to pray for you today. Yeah. yeah, Father, I want to thank you for every single person in this room. I thank you for every person watching online. And Lord, I want to pray in the name of Jesus that, Lord, you would just cause a hunger and a thirst to come on the inside of us. May we have an insatiable desire for you. Lord, may that song that we've sung this morning be the cry of our hearts, that, Lord, we would lay it all down to just simply hear you say, I'm your friend. That, Lord, friendship with you will be our all-consuming passion and desire to know you, to know your presence, to know your voice, to know intimacy with you, Lord to know you, Lord, in every twist and turn of life. And so, Lord, create that thirst and that hunger on the inside of us. And, Lord, I pray today for every person to know your presence, your peace, your joy. I pray for Springmount Church that, Lord, you will be faithful to every word you have spoken over this church. And I pray, Lord, that this church, Lord, will go forward in your purpose, in your will. We'll see great things happen in this next season of life. And we thank you, Lord, that the fields are white to harvest and the laborers are few. And we pray, Lord, for more and more laborers to come and to bring the harvest in. And we thank you that men and women are ready to receive your good news. And so bless this church, we pray, today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Mm -hmm.